Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined, as always, by the KG Cass. Lush? Cass, how you doing, bro? Hey now, everybody. I'm doing good, and welcome to the greatest wrestling... No, no, no. Welcome to the greatest podcast of all time. That's right. That's right. I mean, I don't think that there's anything that really can be. Move over, Joe Rogan. This is it, Joe. Step aside, Theo Vaughn. This That's is right. it. We got it. We're we taking it to the it. top. And we're going to sing on the mountaintop. For everybody <laughs> to hear it. Start a family yeah, today, band. Today's episode is WCW Starcade 1997 versus WWE's 2005 um, New well, Year's, Year's Revolution. 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 Yes, sir. Made a video game after it. Fantastic. Oh, what yeah. a uh, hit. Did you watch the wrong show? No, I definitely watched the right me. show. I just can't find my notes. Oh, there oh, it is. Thank God. Uh, Whoa. 2005. 2005. Two years. Yeah. yeah. Well, and of course, we had to jam-pack that, uh, that 97 episode into this, this while oh, we're yeah. still doing the format. But did you, uh, did you have any notes on uh, last week's show? Other Do you than good about beware, beware of dog. Other than it was one of the greatest podcasts ever made. Other than that, I mean, I don't have absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, say. I mean, if you haven't checked it out, please go Fun back show. in the archives. It was a really, really good show. Me and Cass had a great exchange there and offered Fun you guys show. some really good insight to what was going on in pro wrestling at that time. That's correct. Speaking that of great correct. times in wrestling, we're going to kick things right off with our favorite year. Mm. It's WCW Starcade from 1997. It has been 18 months of storyline buildup from the time the Hollywood Hulk Hogan as the world champion to Sting finally getting this match. That's an insane amount of time that would never happen in today's wrestling. Yeah. Uh, it's really impressive that they can do it. Regardless of what you want to say about WCW, Sting versus Hulk Hogan is one of the most iconic feuds in main event pro wrestling period. It just is. Uh, I mean, it's just, especially you can't talk about the nineties and not talk about this feud specifically. Uh, I mean, without the NWO and Stan Sting and this feud as it is, I don't think you would have had that 83 weeks. Cause that's about, you know, a year and a half. I really think that this storyline pretty much carried the bulk of the time that WCW was on top. Um, and yeah, man, I'm, this opening package was really cool too, with like the crow kind of like movie-ish opening. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought it was great. I love seeing Tony and Dusty and Mike Tenay on commentary. Um, yeah, man, they all did their best to hype the show. What do you think about that opening package? Yeah, man, I actually, I almost, I kind of have like a lot to say or just a lot of feelings about this show. I, I'm, this is, I, I'm probably most excited about this show right here, Starcade '97, than any wrestling pay-per-view we've covered uh so far because i've been a wrestling fan all my life but as i've said plenty of times i was strictly wwe and i've said also that i was there was one thing i was jealous of and that was sting and this version of sting was just so freaking cool when you see sting come out dude his his physique oh i can't say it jesus physique. christ physique physique what is wrong with me <laughs> I haven't even Fazique. been drinking that, man. Fazique. <laughs> Fazique, with like an F sound. Fazique. Yeah, there, there you go. go. I'm going to have to stress it. Fazique. 
There you um, go. That was good. That was perfect. That was good. I knew, I knew the word. I knew the word. I just couldn't say it. I kept going with the V. Physique. Um, and his hair, like the the way his hair was, and the paint, and and literally everything about him in the in the his suit and everything just so different. Was, Man, and it was I was actually I remember always being kind of jealous that I wasn't watching the show just for that one thing. So I was really excited to watch this and seeing that physique that he had, baby. Um, no, but that opening package kind of rip off uh, of the movie, but yeah. who cares? It's wrestling. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but I was excited to to cover this, man. And uh, this is this and and uh, Starcade is WrestleMania for them. Yeah, them, but, it, them, but they right? do it in December instead of like the spring. Right, right. But it's their big show, right? They yeah, don't. Have, it is their big show, yeah. They do. Well, I mean, this one in ha- Halloween Havoc. Some people argue the Halloween and Havoc that, was their biggest show, but that would be a weird. But well, and then other than that, the oh, and it's just talking about the opening. The wrestlers in the crowd. The w, I know why they were in the crowd. They kind of explained it, but I still didn't like that. I thought that was kind of cheesy and stupid seeing them in the crowd. I get the story yeah. of it. Um. But I thought that was stupid. But man, like you said, this was a long going story. They're still talking about this still has to this story on this pay-per-view, the main event, still has to do with Hogan turning at Bash at the Beach ninety six. Yeah. Um, and the whole NWO forming it. This still has yeah. to do with uh Razor Ramon coming over. So this is a long going story. That was another thing that intrigued me when I watched the show because this is my first time seeing any of this. So really cool. I was excited, man, but I'll quit talking and, and um about the opening. Let's get going to this uh unless you have anything to say. No, else, no, that's I have- it. But I do I do want to jump into this opening match here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this opening match is Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero. For the WCW Cruiserweight Championship, it's a babyface Dean Malenko going up against that dastardly heel of Eddie Guerrero. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, good Lord, where do I start with this one? Um, it was a creative open with Eddie kind of like using the ref to get his advantage. Uh, it was just something unique that I hadn't seen before or since, really. Um, and, dude, these two guys are easily the best WCW had to offer in the ring at this time. I mean, maybe a handful of others like Ray uh, and Juventude. Uh, and, J- of course, Jericho. Um, but, yeah, man, th- I mean, dude, this match was an absolute barn burner. It was a classic. Uh, what a way to start off a show like this. Just a fantastic yeah. match. Amazing work rate. Fantastic tem- tempo. The timing between both guys was absolutely seamless. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is a way to, like, to really suspend disbelief. I mean, the, the, sh- the shots were stiff. The bumps were were believable and sold well and everything was seamless without feeling forced or fed uh as as, mm-hmm. as, as cast points that's out my word These baby were just absolutely even even the like the down rest holds were used creatively yeah. uh, i thought it, i thought they did a great job uh man that wheelbarrow into like the huge german suplex was absolutely incredible um after, after what felt like i don't know i want to say maybe somewhere between 15 and 20 minutes uh, Eddie gets the win after the frog splash. Dude, I absolutely love this. I have no bad marks. I kept the only thing that kept this from being an absolute five star match is Dean's facial expressions were just still so blank. But kind of I, his gimmick out of yeah, it's an A plus. It's it's four and a half stars, yeah. which is the highest I give something without it being like a monumental, like, you know, historic match. This match was at an absolute A plus. You can't beat it. Four and a half stars for me. Uh, probably one of the better show, better better matches on either show, if not the best match on both shows. Uh, what yeah. do you think about Ed, Ed Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero here for the cruiserweight belt? 
Man, something I touched on before was being jealous of Sting. If there was anything else I was jealous about was that cruiserweight division that WCW had here in the 90s. And these two men were the epitome of it. Uh, Cruiserweight title match. uh, Man, two of the greats. Eddie is a legend, and and so is Dean in his own right. Maybe not as well-known or held up as high um, as Eddie, but man, just so good. Eddie, classic heel dude doing his crazy, uh, classic heel stuff. Um, right off the bat, I like his, he's doing eye rakes and rope burns, which I thought as I was watching that, I haven't seen somebody do a, a just a rope burn, you know, where they get yeah. him in a headlock and, and I don't yeah. what, what else do you call it other than rope burn? I don't know yeah, if there's yeah. a better term for that, but you know what I'm talking about. And then as you went with, man, if you, if I know feeding isn't a normal term, but why I say feeding, maybe there's some better words like uh, fluid, organic, uh, timing, yeah. timing. Yeah. Tempo, but what, yeah. why I like to say feeding is because it's, it's something you see in Indies. It's, uh, I say feeding because the guy who is going to be having the move done to him has his arms out and held in certain positions for like the other ready, man. Yeah to grab him and why else would you have that? So he's almost, he's feeding himself to the other man. I don't know if I got that from somebody, if I I made it up, I probably didn't make it up, but I know it's not used a lot. And sometimes I feel like it's, it's not a correct wrestling term, but I don't know. I feel like it's a feeding is definitely, yeah, you're feeding yourself in your arm is lifted up for that hip toss or that arm drag, you know, you're giving yourself that. So you fed yourself that yeah. Uh, but a lot of people rather use organic uh, timing and all that stuff. And it yeah. really, this match was felt organic. It was fluid. Perfection is another word I would give this one. And the crowd was just crazy into it. They were they were really into this match. Back and forth with a fast pace, um, which is that classic WCW Cruiserweight style, man. Um, but they were able to still slow down and sell, um, which was Amazing Eddie missile drop kick to the knee. So um, good. And then frog splash off that far. He goes to the far corner, which is awesome. It went about 20 minutes. Um, it was long, but I still gave it an AA plus, man. This was a classic. Yeah, it was just so good. How yeah. do you not like this match, man? They I mean, did- Eddie begging off in the middle, yeah. like in the middle too, and on his knees, like just like, let's be friends. I just want to yeah. be friends. Like it was just, it was amazing. It was really, and- really good. And it wasn't boring, man. You know, wrestling matches can be boring, but they did in such a, but they did a fast-paced, non-boring, but still slowed down and sold. I don't know how you're able to do the two, but when you're able to do those two, and it's when I say it, it sounds like an oxymoron. And the reason it's an oxymoron is because it was such a great match. They were fast and slow and sold and 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 didn't all at the same time. Yeah, that's what makes an A plus. No, so, I agree. Yeah, uh, A fantastic. plus match here, man. A plus match for sure. Um, this will be it has to be at least on the list of mentions. So if you get a physique. chance, uh, go physique, physique. <laughs> if you get a chance to go watch one match, I would say Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero from this show is fantastic. It's the first match on the show too, so just turn on 1997 Starcade. Watch this one if you got 20 minutes to burn and you want to watch an absolute barn burner of a match. Uh, a plus for sure. Uh, right after the match, we're just going to keep trucking along in 97 here. There were a couple more matches on Starcade than we had for New Year's Resolution. So, yeah, Scott Hall makes his way to the ring with his tag belt and does his whole survey gimmick. Uh, and surprisingly, WCW won the survey, which really never happened in that time. Like, it really felt like this show was good because, like, even when the NWO was hot, like, 
just this crowd and this this moment was just WCW, and they actually booed the heels. They booed the cool heel NWO guys like they should have, and it made it really did make the show significantly better to me at least. Uh, having the crowd kind of play the role of cheering the heels and booing the baby faces really went a long way. Um, anyway, Hall Hall's pretty much cutting a promo saying that Nash isn't coming out. Uh, and then he's going to forfeit it to the Giant. And the Giant kind of answers with his own promo. And the whole thing that they that they had there just went way too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the, the the following match here is the Steiners and Ray Trailer versus Scott Norton, Vincent, and Randy Savage is the uh, surprise uh, six-man guy here. And the crowd did pop huge for Savage, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you take the lead on this one. What did you think about this six-man tag match? Yeah, so I guess also Conan was supposed to be a, a, in the match, but then Randy was a surprise, and that's also what led to that uh, pop. I, I believe if I read the story right or, or, or you know, could see what was going on right, it kind of, I kind of was a little confused because obviously we don't watch the Nitros leading up because yeah. who has time for that, but it, it, commentary and everything, Conan and then Randy was a surprise. Uh, who the heck is Scott Norton? I have no idea who that was. Um, uh, Virgil is out there in some jeans, some black, uh, skinny jeans looking like a fool. Um, man, it's, it's fun to see a childhood legend, uh, like Macho Man and the Steiners in a different, uh, way. You know, I've never seen, you know, Randy, um, stomach was bigger, not as cut. His physique was not as good as it was in, um, you know, WrestleMania three, um, hairline, not as great bald spot, even bigger. Steiners look totally different. Uh, Scott was freaking huge at this point. Um, but Lane, Randy was definitely in a league of his own in this match, man, um, on, on another level in his ring and his psychology, um, his just ring presence just felt different. You could really just see it with your own eyes. E- even with the even the Steiners, even compared yeah. to them, man. Um, we did get a Frankensteiner off the top rope that was pretty sloppy. Um, not good. Way too long for me. NWO uh, NWO wins. Um, I think because of the Steiners and and Bossman. Sorry, Bossman really didn't see that much of match time. Um, that I, I recall, but Randy Savage also, I, I didn't give it too bad of a grade. I'm more of like a D plus to a C minus. I didn't hate it maybe because of just seeing them and being intrigued of seeing yeah. these people in it's different way. Um, yeah, I was more of a C minus man. They didn't, they didn't crap the bed, but they definitely didn't, uh, kill it. I'll tell you that. What'd you think about this match? Yeah, it was a strange experience for me. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not a fan of six man tag matches. Uh, but this one did have some hype. I think the crowd was like kind of feeling on the hype after the because they waited to announce yeah. Randy last, and so I, that definitely helped. The work rate was definitely meh at best. Um, but it's it's funny too because we actually had um, like my guitar player and his uh, wife came over with their kids. Uh, Rise the way. Okay, we're on Spotify and YouTube. Go uh, go find us and give us a thumbs up. Nice. Uh, yeah, what was, was that over, name never, again? He, it was Rise the Wake. So. Okay. Rise broke, up, the broke up a little bit. So oh, sorry like, about that. But you can find us on Spotify, YouTube. Anyway, cheap plug. Yeah, so Thanks he was for over. the invite. Yeah. <laughs> he was over with his wife and because uh, they live here in Mount Juliet mm. and the kids. And uh, he, he has legit, like, never seen wrestling before because he grew up in, like, upstate New York and, like, a like a farm community and, like, just never really watched wrestling ever. Weird. Uh, 
And he thought it was like, he was like, dude, these guys are massive. Like, obviously he understood that it was like from 20 years ago or whatever. Um, but it was like, he was like, I'm genuinely intrigued by like these guys doing what they're doing. I've never seen this before. Um, so that was kind of, it was unique that I was like, really this match? Like it's just the one that happened always to be weird. on when they came. Always weird. When uh, you yeah. When that yeah. I've, been, I've yeah. been in that same situation. Yeah. But dude, honestly, I think, I think what helped is that like Scott Steiner at some point towards the middle of the match, I mean, dude, he just beat the butt cheeks off of Vincent. Like he was just laying in thick shots. I mean, he busted his lip. Vincent was like kind of bleeding a little bit in his mouth. And I was, I think that that's what he saw. And he was like, wow, that dude's just like really laying it in. Uh, and, and of course, you know, the NWO overcomes and Savage gets the win, the top rope elbow drop. I mean, that's, that's the way it's going to have to end with a, you know, especially considering, uh, you want to keep the NWO strong after you just put the giant over in that promo segment with, mm-hmm. with Scott Hall, like, and you just, you know, had Randy Savage as the surprise entrant. Of course, they're going to go over and get the win there. Uh, but it's always good to see a top rope elbow drop from Macho Man. I'll never, ever mm-hmm. not love seeing it. Uh, and I actually enjoyed this one. It wasn't great. Uh, but again, again, having my buddy be like, oh, it's not that bad. I was like, I found myself like defending it more than I would because, of course, he doesn't watch wrestling. So, like, I ended up giving it like a C plus. So I think sure. we're, we're not okay. too far off on we're it. We're actually pretty gave, close. Yeah, I gave it like a C plus. But that's yeah. going to take us over to the 2005 show, the 15-year comparison. It's January of 2005 here. Oh, man. And the opening package oh, yeah. uh, just hyped the main event for uh, the Elimination Chamber. I actually didn't read enough in the notes to realize that this was an Elimination Chamber match. And so I'm actually pretty pretty pumped when I saw that. I was like, it's always nice when that happens on a show, when mm-hmm. we like plan this out and we schedule it. And then like you turn it on and you see the opening package and you realize you're going to get like a match that you didn't expect. And it's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Now I have something to like really look forward. It's not just homework. You know what I mean? I like, was surprised too. I was yeah, really yeah, yeah, surprised yeah. right up. And you see it right off the bat. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah of course I remember yeah. this. Yeah. 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 As soon as it happened, I was like, oh, I remember when this happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually felt like the package was a little weird with like that vaudeville kind of sideshow like yeah. production. I, I wasn't a fan of that. What did you think about that opening package? Yeah, that was weird. Uh, main thing that I wrote was that I was very excited about the Elimination Chamber, and I'm just thinking about how the how the Elimination Chamber is now and how yeah. terrible it's been and how much I love these old Elimination Chamber matches early on. Yeah. Elimination Chambers, and so I was really pumped about that. Yeah, absolutely. The pyro but was pretty the opening cool, too, was once weird. we got past then, the package. But. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, yeah, dude, then, uh, if you don't mind, Go right Christian, ahead, brother. Tyson Tomko, and old Eugene and William Regal, uh, we get a tag team match. And listen to, listen to these people on this match. Christian, not, not too terrible, right? Christian's oh. great. Christian's oh. great. You got Tomko, Eugene, and then William Regal, who's amazing. You yeah. would think this would be just probably, if you had to ask me, I'd be like, that's probably an F or a D, but I'm going to be honest, not that bad of a match. Not, not that bad. bad of a match. And the crowd was surprisingly, they were into like every punch. Every Eugene punch. was so over, dude. Eugene like, was Oh killed. my God, he was so over. Like, and you know what? There is a there is a time in wrestling for comedy. You need absolutely. comedy. You need sadness. You need seriousness. Um, all of it. You need all of it. You got a three, especially now you got a three hour freaking show. You might as well have a little bit of everything. And so it, it worked, man. He's doing more of the Hogan stuff. He's got like a Hogan shirt on. And like I said, crowd was freaking hot, dude. And Regal and Eugene actually kind of worked together pretty good, man. It was, 
it it was a great match, man. Um, it definitely, you know, it wasn't a showstopper. It wasn't like an no, A plus, but it wasn't a show stealer. Right, a show stealer, show stopper, but it was a good, it was a pretty good tag team match, man. Unfortunately, um, which almost looked like a work, but I even uh, YouTube, I had to not YouTube it, I had to Google it because. It almost seemed like they meant to do it, but Eugene gets legit injured in this match. He comes off yeah. the hot tag and then does a drop kick um, and hurts his knee. And it takes the ref really, really long in the camera to realize that he's hurt. I don't know if that, if that's just what the camera saw. And maybe that helped it look more like they planned to do it yeah. and, and flow well. But I like the referee never goes over to to Eugene and and throw up the X or, or or talk to him even and Eugene's really holding his knee and he is not putting any pressure on his knee and yeah. like I said I did research and unless the few um I didn't do like extensive research but the few websites I looked at says he literally was hurt anyway he does this he goes up for the drop kick and blows out his knee in, in the process. Um, he can't put any pressure. He ends up doing a, a roll up on Tomko and pulls the tights one, two, three, and then all the refs and they film the refs coming down. They film the whole injury process. That's what made me have to go back and research yeah. it. And I'm glad they did that. That he really got injured and they yeah. just called an audible and went with the injury and it worked. He did the roll up. The it wasn't like an Austin uh, Owen Hart roll up where it was that right. bad. I mean, it was just his knee. So um, I ended up giving the match a C plus. I give it the plus on the C because of how they audibled that injury and made it almost look like it was all meant to happen. Like you could have told me Eugene was back the next week on raw. He wasn't really hurt. This is the way they were doing it. And he's just, uh, like the next, uh, uh, Robert De Niro and his acting. Um, obviously he was, he really was hurt, but yeah, I give it a C plus man. And even without the injury, it was, it was a pretty decent tag team match. what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 pretty much in the same boat, but I think we got there d- two different ways. Okay. Um, so for me, it's like it's a weird combination of wrestlers, first of all, and for the tag titles too. Mm-hmm. I was just like, like, wow. And when I first when I saw like the tag title thing, I was like, wait, what? Like, I did not remember Eugene and Regal being tag champs. I like vaguely remember them being a team, but I don't remember them being a tag champs. And I guess if Eugene got hurt right after this, that would make a lot of sense. Um. But yeah, man, I mean, the open with Christian and Regal starting off was actually, I mean, it was fantastic. They were obviously two of the greatest wrestlers uh, at that time, for sure, especially in-ring work rate. Uh, No surprise there, really. I mean, even the Eugene and Christian exchange was really entertaining. And then the Eugene and Tomko exchange happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Dude, Tomko just wasn't good. I mean, listen, man, I I, want to make this clear, too. I know the person has had some, like, troubles in the past and like I honestly wish him well on like his spiritual journey or whatever but like he was just not ever a good professional wrestler he also may have had the worst tattoos in the history of the business like those are pretty bad dude okay you know what he looked like he looked like when you go when you had like Smackdown versus Raw on like a 360 like I don't know anywhere from like 06 to like 09 yeah. and you went in and you just hit like the left trigger for like random on create a wrestler like that, yeah. like just your random creator wrestler. That's, that's a Tyson good. Tomko. I like, like that. that. That is him. Like that's, that's pretty who good. He is. Like yeah. he's just he's just the official the like the trademarked motto mascot for the random CAW. That's just that's him. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like you said, like it it really wasn't it wasn't a bad match. Um, it really picked up after Regal kind of got some color too. Like I guess he got his nose popped pretty good. 
Uh, and the tension just immediately became more realistic. You could feel like the crowd noticed the blood, uh, just a little bit of blood too. Now, I'm not talking like he, he bladed and there's a bunch of color. I'm talking like, you know, he just got popped in the nose, but you could visibly see there was just a little bit of blood. And I really felt like that added to, um, yeah, the drama of the match. I sure. mean, you, and Eugene was a fantastic worker. Um, you just kind of got pegged with it with a, I wouldn't even say a bad gimmick. I would just say a non PC gimmick. Um, that just didn't really always felt weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, Eugene did get the roll up on Tomco and it wasn't too long. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Uh, it was a slightly above average. So I gave it about a C plus as well. Cool. Cool. And then, uh, what's over on the, uh, WS? WCW. Well, it's uh, it's Mean Gene Gene pushing his side hustle uh, with the hotline. He introduces J.J. Dillon, and J.J. announces that Nick Patrick is going to referee the title match. Uh, For uh, those of you that didn't watch WCW a lot, like, yes. The NWO had, like, a a crooked uh, referee at one point, and Nick Patrick was him. Um, So, uh, you know, they're just trying to add to the tension there. So nice. I'm sure Nick, I'm sure Cass was like, "Why does this matter? This doesn't make sense." But yeah, storyline wise, no idea. Yeah, yeah, it, it made perfect sense. But you know what didn't make perfect sense? Uh, whoever booked this next match, why they hey, had now. a job? Uh, it's Goldberg versus Mongo McMichael, and um, yeah, dude, I really tried to give this one the dude. benefit of the doubt too, but it was absolute trash. Dude. I mean, the match was garbage. It was overproduced too. Like they they were, you could see that they were trying to hit spots that they had been told to hit. That were not working. It was way overbooked. It was way overproduced. This sh- it sh- this should have been just, you know, a, b- a bunch of teasing. Uh, Mongo begging off around the crowd, being like a chicken shit guy, getting in the ring at the right time, a spear, a jackhammer, boom, one, two, three. That would have been the best way to have this match. That's not what they did. They tried to have an actual match, and it was just awful. It was really bad. Both guys were absolutely gassed, and they did, what, I don't know, maybe six minutes? They were totally just sucking wind. It was not good at all. Um, I gave it a dud, total dud. What did you think about Goldberg versus Mongo? Man, my first thought was the same thing you said to start off was, who would book a Goldberg and Stephen Michael? And then, I mean, the match just starts off kind of – the match starts off bad, dude. It starts off outside of the ring. And then, and then also, I wanted to say this about WCW. Mongo, what kind of name? That's an offensive name. That's a short for mongoloid, which is like a really, really offensive thing to say. Mongo is like, it's like saying retard. Excuse me for saying it, but just for the thing. Why is this name Mongo? I don't I don't understand. He was, is oh, retard you, you, you really don't know? No, really why know. does he have the offensive it's, it's, name it's, it's, it's of Mongo? It's the name he got, he got from the Bears. Just it was just a because I know he's from the NFL. I don't so really know why from, I got it, it came, but yeah, it came because that's NFL. Mongo. Mongo yeah, is no, they, they, they didn't short. name him that. They, it okay. wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a WCW. Calling him Mongo, he, but yeah, he was already called that when he was in the NFL. Okay, he was already called Mongo it. is usually short for mongoloid, which yeah. mongoloid the definition is the worst case of of retardation. So Mongo really felt offensive. I never understood why they would call him that. Anyway, one cool fact that I tried to like find good things out of this terrible match. Um, Dusty Rhodes saying Warzone, and this is '97, and I think WWE's doing the Warzone. He kind of dropped some like Warzone uh, bombs right here, and I don't know if it was intentional. And I, I'm not positive that WWE was doing Warzone yet, but I think they were. Um, anyway, man, 
They're back and forth in the ring. They're teasing the uh, the table. Yeah. A bunch and of then, oh, uh, and that whole spot was so botched and awful. Like, and it was uh. terrible when it finally happened. He was to the table, and it was so anticlimactic. Like they could have done the camera even. Bad. And the camera almost missed it. It was kind of like halfway. Yeah. Oh, production was was way off too. Yeah. And honestly, like even the even the small stuff that they got right, production was off. Like the camera angles weren't good on it. So it, what it didn't. Yeah, it, it was a bad match, man. He was barely in the frame of the camera. Yeah. ECW chance happen. And again, I'm just trying to like pull fun stuff from this match. Yeah. Um, honestly, not as bad as I thought these two would be. They did kind of like go in the ring and and they there was Gaga and they did do the table thing and, and Goldberg wins. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't an F. I've seen Goldberg have matches that were like a hundred percent F, but if it, it might have been like an F plus to a D minus. I will say that because I'm comparing okay. this to Goldberg matches. I mean, I'm going to say an F. That's some really for bad me, but... matches. I'm going to give it an F plus to a D minus. I've, I've seen worse matches, especially from Goldberg. And this one, they, they, they at least delivered something to the crowd. And it well, was, I can tell you who delivered something to the crowd. It's Christy Hemme being super hot in this backstage, like yeah. little segment they had in 2005. Oh. Uh, ooh, oh, good Lord. Just looking like God. she was crafted by an angel. Uh, but yeah, uh, then there's like a little backstage promo with Edge and Christian. Always cool to get that moment, especially, you know, post Edge and Christian tag team era. The crowd really fed off of it too. Good, good. Uh, everything backstage. I won't say the same for like, uh, the pool cutaways were weird, but all the backstage segments were really good. On no, the show. I like the pool cutaways. Oh, well, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't hate the pool cutaways, but <laughs> as far as show continuity, that that's a, that's a different a different story. But I digress. Oh, uh, there is a uh, there's a cool package here for the Trish and Lita um, angle. And that this match is always solid. So I was super, super hyped to see what was going to happen here. It's Trish versus Lita for the WWE Women's Championship. Uh, and it was interesting to see Trish as a heel here. I forgot. I forgot. Like I was like getting hyped for the match, and then as soon as they locked up, I was like, "Oh no, I remember this match," and it just like all came back to me. And what I was like, are oh, the odds? No. Like I was like, "Dude, th- I remember." I was like, "But, but I, th- I couldn't remember who got hurt, but I remember one yeah. of them got hurt." And I was like, "Wait, is this the one where Trish like messed up that like stratisfaction thing and got hurt, right, or right, right. is this when like Lita jumped off the apron and, and tore up her knee? This is when Lita got hurt and she jumped yeah. off the apron and tore up her knee." But Man. what are the odds, dude? I don't think I've ever seen a show where one, especially a pay-per-view, one, two, first two matches, yeah. both, both people, hurt the same knee, the too. Same the same knee. knee. Yeah. Dude, crazy. Yeah, this wild. one, unfortunately, happens very early on, as you'll probably – I'll let you yeah. keep going. But, I mean, it yeah. pretty much – this one early on, the match is pretty much – No, I mean – but honestly, look, look. Okay, she got hurt early on, and this match isn't what it was supposed to be. But these – I mean, these bitches are banging. I mean, they're, they're so yeah. good. They were, they were, they led the charge, dude. They were like, they were the ones that like made it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like they were the beginning of just badass women workers. And like, so I was, even after the injury happened, I was like, I immediately like, 
clenched up and I was like, oh no, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? But they, I felt like they did a really good job of covering it, yeah. making it, making it work. And Trish just being a dastardly heel and really did a great job of, of healing it up, hit the chick kick and got the pin. So I gave it one and a half stars. I yeah. gave it at least a C just because even with the injury, you know, they did a great job to a layman. Uh, like again, my guitar player over there, he had no idea. You know what I'm saying? He thought it was just mm-hmm. a fast match and that was it. So yeah. like, Sure. And, and and so I mean that's the best possible scenario you can ask for. What, what was your like grade and other takeaways from this one? Yeah, so I mean this is at the point, man. They they broke that glass ceiling. These this is when they were killing it, dude. They've already had matches. They've already been you know tearing down the house. Everybody knew at this point that Lita and Trish were something different, something special, and were something new to women's wrestling. And people want to give the credit to other people for the women's revolution. We've been talking about this since I think day one was when we actually started saying this. But we've always we've always been behind Lita and Trish as there you go, one for the worker man. Baby. I love that you stop Hell every yeah. single time. Every time. It. It's like there's this delay. We've always said it though, Lita and Trish, they're the real women's revolution. They did it. But, man, the match was cut short by the knee. She really – I think they said she ended up – it was a torn ACL because she jumps off the apron on the onto the outside. Man, they try to put something together. Uh, Trish even works the knee. Um, yeah, I ended up just uh, – Trish wins and becomes the new champ, actually. Um, yeah, uh, I gave it like an N. Uh, I gave it a nothing just because of the injury. And I didn't want to give it something bad because it was right. short and I knew it was going on. So I guess in this place, the best thing to do is just give it a C, passing grade, move on. Like I said, this was a time they were killing it. We've This wasn't their first match. This was a rematch. They had already killed it a bunch of times. I mean, Lita and Trish were killing it. I wish they could have actually had the match that we're going to have. So I guess you give it a C other than an N or whatever. But yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying. Move on. Trish becomes champ, and it's unfortunate. Uh, Lita tore her ACL right after her neck injury, too. So yeah. Um. No, I agree. Bad luck agree. for her. Uh, and it's also a bad luck on the other side too, because Raven yeah. gets his promo time in, uh, and it was really hard to follow. Normally, I actually enjoy Raven's promos, and I thought he did a great job in WCW. I think his actual WCW run is really underrated. People talk about um, everything he did in ECW, and of course, like there were better storylines, at least maybe more uh, heavy or more controversial storylines in ECW. Sure. But I thought he actually did a really good job in WCW and had a really good run uh, in the upper mid card. I thought he was a perfect fit. I thought he was very different than everybody else on the roster, and it made sense to me. Uh, but this is Starcade. You know, this is supposed to be your WrestleMania. So when you come out and you cut a promo and you're like, you know what? I don't feel like wrestling Chris Benoit tonight. I'm going to give my spot to one of my lackeys. That's not something you do. That's something that you do on Thunder. That's something that yeah. you do on, on Nitro. That's not something that you can do on Starcade. And I thought for sure, I was like, oh, they'll, they'll find some way to get around this. JJ, don't want to come back out or whatever. Um, but no, the match ends up just being saturn who's raven assigns to wrestle uh versus benoit uh and despite the weird start uh with raven this match was actually pretty solid i will say that uh i mean you can say what you want about both these guys but they were both phenomenally talented at what they did uh and they had a great match that was really good selling uh, it wasn't too fast it wasn't too slow great tempo just kind of, very similar to the eddie guerrero and Dean malenko match not not nearly as good um but you know a very similar style uh, the dive spot with the flock was a little too roadrunner-ish for me, a little too gaga-ish for me. 
Uh, and the finish really took away with the match where it's like, oh, now all of a sudden Raven wants to get involved. And like it, it just it was. And that's not like that's not a good kind of heat. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. just like it didn't make any sense kind of heat. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I gave the match two stars because the work rate was good. But uh, the angle was a big letdown because I would have much honestly much rather seen Raven versus Benoit. Uh, and then try to have a great match. Uh, I think it would have been just a little bit better. So I gave it two stars, C minus to a C at best. Match, if it would have been Raven versus Benoit, could have been a B plus to an A minus. Um, I'm, I have no, no doubt on that. What did you think about uh, Saturn versus Benoit? I'm not as high as you, man. You got damn Johnny Polo out here talking in circles. Nobody knows what Johnny nah, Polo. Both the Raven, man. About. Oh, I love um, Raven. No idea what that man's talking about, to be honest. Um, so he doesn't he doesn't wrestle like you said. It's gonna be Perry Saturn versus Chris Benoit, and, and honestly, in today's day, who likes watching a Chris Benoit match? It really is weird. I know I always say it, but it is. It's just you look at him and you just think I can't I can't get past what he did. It's just weird. But that aside, dude, they really didn't have that great of a match, man. And then you got the whole what is it called the flock, the Polo Squad coming out here. Billy Kidman interferes. I did not – I honestly didn't think that was Billy Kidman. I thought that was a child from the – he really was a kid, man. Yeah. I mean, the guy was – talk about one, two, three kid. He should have been one, two, three kid's tag team partner. That would have been the greatest tag team of all time. Billy Kidman looked like a child. I, I can't believe he was out there. It was so weird to see him. He was like me, baby face, man. I'm 30 years old. I still can't grow a full beard. You see oh, me right same, now. Same, same, dude. I have bald, bald Dude, spots. Dude, I'm 35. Chin. Same. It's been a week can't, for me. I can't yeah. grow anything right here. It Dang. just started growing in really fast for me, but it's it's blotchy. So it'll grow in fast. Blotchy. But 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 there's no there's no fluidity. It doesn't connect. Um, and Billy Kidman's right there. He looked like a baby boy. Um, yeah, really. It, it, this was not great and boring and long. It just kept going on and on with people interfering and interfering. Um, it was all over the place. Um, I did not like it. Raven ends up coming. I mean, I'm sorry. Johnny Polo comes in, um, and gets the DDT on Benoit. Saturn gets the win. I gave it a D, a D for dud. I did not enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it. yeah, I, yeah, I thought, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't argue that. I mean, I'd say, I mean, I started with a C minus, so I feel like we're, not, we're not, we're not too we're not far, that far off. On that. I didn't enjoy it. It just was. It was not yeah, I didn't really enjoy it either, but it was it was more it was more than passable. I just didn't enjoy sure. it. You know what I mean? Like that, sure. and that's that's kind of. And speaking of uh, speaking of a little bit more than passable, that's something right. I didn't necessarily enjoy. Let's jump back yeah. over here to 2005. Now, uh, because of the injury, there's random shots of Jericho just kind of getting pumped up in the back, and then they cut to like a little Maria Canellis like hotness, same similar mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. Chris, uh, the Christy Hemi spot. And if you notice, like. I think they just did both of these things to, to fill time that they had allotted for the match uh, because they were still on pay-per-view then and they had to do things down to the minute or else it wasn't worth it for them financially. Um, right. And, and, and if, listen, this – this I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this yeah. pay-per-view, to, to, just because I want to get on that point, this pay-per-view, unlike a lot of pay-per-views at this time and even to, all the way up to today, had a lot more filler time. Like oh, this a lot more, pay-per-view yeah. did not have that many matches – yeah, they knew they were going to have a long main event, but even without the injuries, and I'm sure the injuries added to it, but you needed filler. This pay-per-view had a lot of filler, and, and yeah. that goes to those – that's why you have those pool spots. I mean, if you, once this pay-per-view is over, you look back at it, and you're like, man, there wasn't, one ma- there wasn't that much there. And um, 
I think to your point there, definitely with those pull shots, they're they're feeling they're feeling. Plus the injuries, it probably added even to it more. Um, but yeah, daddy yeah, so, air. So the next match here, uh, speaking of underwhelming, is going to be Maven versus Shelton Benjamin Maven. for Maven. the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Mm. Uh, so Maven is possibly the most over wrestler in the arena that night. Somehow I don't know how, but like the crowd was like super hot heat for that dude. Like, I mean, yeah. he was over. I mean, there's no way around it. Like he controlled the crowd. Like the, I mean, that's honestly, that's not, that's what this whole thing was. It wasn't even really a match. It was just people booing Maven, Maven with a microphone cutting a pretty piss poor promo. Honestly, I was, would say wasn't even very good, but the crowd ate it up and just booed him to death. Um, I mean, they, they friggin' hated this dude. I mean, I mean, he. I mean, they gotta give the devil his due. He did a great job of keeping them going, uh, and the entering action was quick. So it's weird. It's like I don't know how to rate this because, like, as a wrestling match, I'm almost grateful because it's like it was just it was just Shelton Benjamin going over essentially twice in one match, and I didn't have to watch Maven suck in the ring, and the crowd was into it. So it's like, wouldn't that be an A or a B? Mm, I, I mean, I guess, I guess, I, but from a different perspective, maybe it could be. But for me, it was one and a half stars. Yeah, uh, I gave it at least a star just because the crowd was super over for this somehow. Um, and it just surprised me how much like Maven took control of the crowd. I mean, he did a great job. This is, might be his shining moment in his career, honestly. Um, and then Shelton Benjamin getting over even more than he was. It was a win-win for both guys. So. Yeah, I, mean, I got to give it at least a full star. So I gave it a star and a half with a kicker because I was kind of surprised by it. What did you think about Maven versus Shelton Benjamin? I'm not that tar- I'm whoa, I'm not that far uh, off from you. Um, I will say the best thing about Maven was his theme music and his drop kick. Great theme music um, and a and a great drop kick. Um, weird seeing Maven as a heel, though. I don't remember that, man. Maven, um, he keeps backing away and leaves the ring, cuts this stupid, terrible heel promo, trying to get that heat. Uh, just, uh, if you want to talk about Gaga, say the word Gaga. This is Lady Gaga's shining moment here in this Maven match. Um, finally gets in the ring for a Shelton T-bone suplex right away for the win. Thank God. It was quick like that. I actually liked it after all the other quick stuff we just saw because of injuries. We get another quick one. So because of that, I gave it a C because I'm all for just something quick and being done yeah. and moving on. And um, the next match on that card, I would have rather see Maven and uh, Shelton, but we're not there yet. We'll get to that there here in a minute. Um, I'd probably rather see Maven and Shelton than Bagwell and Lex Luger. Um, honestly, I'd rather see Maven and Shelton for like an hour before I had to watch this Buff Bagwell Lex Luger match over on the WCW side. Yeah. Uh, what a bad yeah. man. Dude, dude this guys, match. Yeah, it was rough. No, do you, uh, do you have anything to say before the match uh, or can I just Not go really. right into yeah, this? Yeah, no, you can go right dude, into it. Just tear it dude, apart. This, this match went 16 plus minutes. Buff Bagwell. And Lex Luger. Yeah, I mean, bro, time, yeah. who booked that, dude? It was just a bad, terrible match, dude. It was terrible booking to give these two men 
who yeah. aren't known as great in, in-ring workers. I mean, I've seen Buff Bagwell. We just saw him have a, a great match as a, as a younger man in that tag team. But other than that, this whole Buff Bagwell phase, I've never seen. We've we've seen a lot of his matches yeah. during the show. Marcus never Bagwell. Seen Marcus Bagwell had good matches. Buff Bagwell, Buff Bagwell has never in his life had a good match. Lex Luger definitely has never, and it's 97. We all know that already. Yeah. And why are you putting him in, in almost a 20-minute match with Buff yeah. Bagwell? When the dude has had, like, literally a handful, maybe a yeah. dozen at most good matches in his life. Like, dude. Yeah, I mean, so there's interferences from Macho. Um, dude. Uh, just Scott Norton comes out, I believe. I don't even remember. I'm just that's how unmemorable. I just watched this yesterday, and I don't remember other than my notes. And I watched the whole match. I know Scott Norton came out and Macho came out because of my notes. I literally can't even put the image in my head. This match was so bad. Me as a 30 year old, my brain can only hold so much space. So whenever something's really bad, I throw it away. I put it in the in the trash bin yep. and I empty trash yep. can Same. and a little and a little thing pops up and says, Cass, do you want to permanently delete this? Just like on your Mac delete, yeah. or, or your Dell or whatever. And it's a, and I say yes, permanently delete that. And the only other thing I can remember is that Bagwell wins and that I gave this match an F for fail because they failed. Yeah, it's that's an F. what I it's think a hard about F, that, dude. It's just it that's wasn't what good I think at all. About that. Uh, and both guys looked like walking like Winstrol billboards. Like it was just, they oh. looked so roided up. It was just not good. It was just, I mean, they spent dude, some about, time in Mexico getting about, some yeah, stuff. Uh, yeah, about halfway through cluster like Vince first, uh, and and the match was yeah, the match was the worst. It was just clunk and botch after botch, no chemistry. I mean, worse than Goldberg. Uh, I mean, oh, I hated this. Yeah. Um, after all all the stumbles and garbage, Buff got the win after, like, the majority of the NWO interferes. So, yeah, a fat dud for me. Like, I, I mean, I really almost wanted to give it negative stars, but I didn't go oh, that, that that low. Um, I, I just I just had to go dud. It, it did it, – it, if, if it would it, – it, it's a dud to maybe negative half a star. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was – but I don't know if it was quite that bad. Um yeah, it's just not my cup of tea by any means at well, all. Well, you know what else is almost a, a half a, a negative half a star? Muhammad Hassan versus Jerry the King Lawler over on the WWF side. Um, uh, wow. Um, I don't even. Do you want me to go on this one? Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, uh, the only positive is Jerry for his age. Still looking pretty good in the ring, man. He's oh, still yeah. moving, moving pretty well. Moving wise. 15 years ago, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Moving wise at this point, he's still looking pretty good. Uh, Jerry looked old in in like '95. Jerry the King did like stuff with uh. Oh yeah. With a Jerry Brent looked Ford. old in 1985. Yeah, he that guy always did look old. But yeah. no, he did like the kiss my foot stuff with Jerry or with uh with Bret Hart in the in '95. Um, and he looked old then. Um, but but here. Hold on, I have a munchkin that just walked up. What's that, baby? Whatever you want in there, get something. Get a snack. You like that? That happened. That always works, guys. That happened. For those of you with kids, you just tell them to have a snack, and everything is is perfectly fine. You have whatever you want, baby. Um. Anyway, yeah. So Jerry Lawler looked old in the '90s. 
He looked old here. It's 2005, right? Yeah. Dude was moving pretty well, but the crowd was dead for Hassan, dude. Hassan was supposed to be this heel. They weren't buying it at this point, man. Um, Lawler tried, uh, dude, but the match just sucked, man. Uh, yeah. it, 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 I wasn't a fan of it. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I gave it an F. It was uh, one of the longer matches of the night so far. Yes, there was injuries, but it was 10-plus minutes, and it was 10-plus minutes too long. Hassan wins. Um, JR comes down, and it's all dramatic and everything, and it just felt too cheesy and weird. And, man, you know, you know, Jerry got like a – you see Jerry the King Lawler get um, a – a body slam and they're doing all that. but just come on man it wasn't good this wasn't good i mean brace yourself here Cass. brace yourself oh no. uh yeah so before the match i mean muhammad hassan is like cutting a really pretty good promo that like 15 years later would probably be a baby face promo uh considering that like nothing he said was actually wrong about the state of like affairs in the country at the time uh and it actually kind of made me feel a little like sad about just how racist things were like 15 years ago. Uh, I mean, it was just, I don't know. It, it was just very weird how like, how I really do still, yeah, I actually feel like that promo, if you cut it today, it would be a baby face promo. Like it's hmm. just, it was a little weird. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so the match, the match here, I mean, okay. First of all, the weirdest thing was that there was like zero commentary because JR was like in King's corner. Um, and, like, so there's no commentary at all through the match. And that, like, really makes the match different and strange as it is. Right. Uh, and, and honestly, like, Lawler got some shine early, but the bulk of the match is just King in the camel clutch, like, taking tons of heat with the occasional yeah. hope spot here and there. Uh, I mean, I get that. I get that they're just trying to eat time. So, like, I'm not I – I didn't trash it as, as – I mean, was it boring? Yes. But I knew what they were trying to do. And it wasn't performed poorly. It just, it was a very Memphis-style match. It was a very, like, old-timer Memphis match. I mean, you know, he's not going to go in there and do a bunch of big, big spots with Hassan. He, no. He can't, he, that's, so, I mean, for what they did, I thought they actually did it really well. And I'll do the, 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 like, the DDT spot. When Lawler gave Hassan that DDT, he took it beautifully. Like, it was a, that was a really good bump. Like, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm just going to say this. I liked Muhammad Hassan. I thought he was a really good worker. I thought he get, I think he gets a bum rap. I think he just got pinned with a really controversial gimmick, and then something happened in the Middle East around that time. We went to war, and it got cut. Like, that's what happened. Like, I mean, right. the gimmick got cut because it was too controversial, and it was bringing heat from, like, outside main media. It wasn't his fault at all. He was a good in-ring worker, and he was doing what he was told. He was getting the gimmick over. If anything, he's guilty of being too good at his job. You know what I mean? Like, it got so much heat that like they were getting mainstream coverage. Like it's to me, it's kind of sad. I I really think that this guy is like one of the lost like gems of the business. Cause after this, he just quit. I mean, they could have repackaged him, dude, grow out your hair. We'll make you like, I don't know, like Italian machismo kind of razor Ramonish kind of guy. Like he could have pulled that off too, you know, cause he actually yeah. is Italian. You know what I mean? Like that's what I found out too. He's actually just full blooded Italian. He wasn't even middle Eastern. Like, that's wow. good old W, good old R A S S L I N. That's wrestling. Oh yeah, baby. Hey yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I, and honestly too, with Davari being the heel manager, causing the distraction, and Hassan hitting the flatliner for the one, two, three. I didn't hate it. I gave it two stars. I gave it a a C mm. to a C plus even. 
Uh, actually, let's just say a solid C. I gave it a solid C. All right. I saw what they were trying to do. They filled the space. They did the job that they needed to do for the company. Uh, Hassan did a great job selling for Lawler and made me feel get into those hope spots. That I think they just did a good job with it. I didn't hate it at all. Well, we'll we will have to disagree there because I did not like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I what about this uh, one? What about the next one on on the card here? Uh, it's going to oh. be Kurt Henning versus Diamond Dallas Page for the WCW United States Championship. And I'm actually really interested to see what you think about this one. About this one here. Yeah. Mr. Perfect's the champion yep. versus DDP, Diamond yep. Dallas Page. This is for the U.S. title, baby. Um, man, they start with some mat wrestling. Um, neither really gets the upper hand. Uh, I thought it was a solid match, man, and the fans are really into it. Um, good back and forth. Finally, Baby Fates gets a clean win, which I really like to see, especially in this show. Um, especially in like half the shows we ever watch, you get a clean win. DDP wins, um, becomes a new U.S. champ. I don't have that many notes, probably because I was enjoying it and I was watching a match and I wasn't writing down. I actually gave it a C plus to a B. I actually really enjoyed this match, Mr. Perfect and Diamond Dallas Page. I'm sorry, in the WCW terms, Kurt Henning. Diamond Dallas page. Yeah, man. And I call him Mr. Perfect. Yeah, dude. I think we're we're pretty much on the same page with this one, actually, which which makes me feel really good. I know that we've had some 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 times where we've covered uh, Kurt Henning on these on these matches, and it didn't really feel good. Uh, but Kurt looked just way better than he than he did when we covered those so other ones. Uh, I mean, DDP actually looked like a like a technical wrestler at parts of this match, and That's that can only be a testament, yeah, to yeah. how good Kurt Henning was. Uh, I mean, when he was on, dude. Kurt Henning is one of the greatest in-ring workers ever of the American pro wrestling style. One of the greatest of all time, just like right. work rate wise, right. um, especially, I mean, no doubt one of the greatest of the nineties. I feel like that's, it's easier to say that when you say of all time, everybody wants to get frisky and talk about like whatever it is. And it's like, well, okay, let's just start talking about decades. We'll get to that though. That, I got something true. special. We'll, we'll save that for the end of the show. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show, all right, all but right. yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, DDP looking like an actual wrestler here. Paige sold really well. Uh, did a great job of, of beating the heat as a babyface. Uh, really right. selling those bumps and like really making the crowd feel that sympathy for him. Really, um, I mean, the match it, it wasn't an A. Uh, it did drag in the middle for sure. But the DDP comeback was great. The crowd was hot. Um, I mean, Henning just did so much to carry this match. Great closing sequence too. Great way to just have the diamond cutter come out of nowhere. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it may have been one of Kenning's best matches in WCW. It may have been one of Paige's best matches in WCW. Uh, three and a half to four stars from me. So a B plus to an A minus at best. Really, really enjoyed this one. Pleasantly surprised. I was hyped for it as it was, but I wasn't expecting to be as good as it was. It was really good, man. There you go. So we're, we're a little off, but we're pretty similar. Pretty similar on that one. Not too far apart. I gave it a C plus to a B. Yeah. So, so here we are. We're going to hop back over to uh, 2005, and it's uh, Orton and Batista have like a little backstage exchange about the uh, the chamber match. It wasn't bad. Um, ended up uh, Coach coming out on commentary to join JR so they could kind of sell King being hurt. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the Kane and Snitsky package plays here. And this just made me feel weird because anytime I ever like just have this come up, I, it's just always a big yikes with the miscarriage angle and everything. Like, it's I feel bad too because both these guys just like 
got saddled with such a terrible storyline. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's Kane versus Snitsky, and it's all power. It's not my style. I mean, the guys gave it all they had, the full effort, like, for sure. That outside, like, concrete back body drop that Snitsky, Snitsky took was pretty wicked. Uh, and for what it was, I was impressed by what they did. Like, they had some pretty athletic spots. Uh, it's just I don't like that kind of wrestling. So it was it was – it was weird for me because, like, I could see it and be like, okay, I get why people like power wrestlers like this. I get why there's a section of, of wrestling fans that just love Hogan and the Giant and, you know, like Andre and, you know, just big guys. Like, and, and, and Taker and Kane, like, they love those matches. They love big Braun Strowman. Like, they, they love those matches. Um, they're not for me, but I do see the value in them. And I thought that this match was better than I expected it to be. Even though I didn't enjoy it at all, uh, they pulled off that power style really well. Um, so I gave it two stars uh, because even though I didn't enjoy it, I felt like for a power wrestling match with two big guys that can be that can be really really clunky, they got away with it, and it was it wasn't too much clunk in my opinion. What do you think about Kane versus Snitsky? Well, maybe that's why we differ so much on Undertaker because I, I do enjoy. Um, two big men going at it like these two. I was never a fan of Gene Snitsky, but I think Snitsky, um, you know, he surprised me here. I think he delivered. Um, starts with a good stare down, and then, you know, they both go at it, man, and they go rough, and they go physical, and they're throwing blows, man. Kane beats the crap out of Snitsky to start off with, and boy, I thought it looked really good, man. Like I said, physical, dude. Uh, Gene gets the upper hand. They go to the outside. Like you said, he lifts up the padding. Um, and then like always, whoever lifts up the padding on the outside usually is the one that gets slammed on that exposed concrete. Um, and Snitsky does, and it looks good, man. And again, dude, it's just a good snug physical match and a lot better than I thought it would be with Kane and Gene Snitsky because, you know, Kane's a legend and Kane's been there for a long time, but uh, Kane's had some some clunkers, man, but I thought True. this was great, dude. And then Kane gets the the clean win with the tombstone for the one two three. I gave it a C plus. I uh, I didn't love it. And and you know I say I like big men matches, but you know big men matches probably won't ever get like an A plus from me. But um, did I, I enjoy it? It didn't. Yes. Did it bore me? No. So I, I gave it a C plus. I, I was down with this match, yeah, and so we're I was not too, we're not too I was far surprised. Off. Yeah, we're not too far off, man. Well, uh, you know, speaking of matches that are gonna surprise you, uh, this next match didn't. Uh, yeah. We we cut back to uh, to WCW in 1997. It's a backstage cutaway with Eddie, uh, kind of like chatting in a chat room on WCW.com, and that like popped me a little bit. I laughed. I thought it was funny to see. Uh, Bret Hart in a solid black T-shirt is introduced as a solid as a special guest referee too. Like, dude, why are you not wearing like the re- a referee shirt? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, I know that they wore the blue. But they wore, the... Well, they wore the blue button-ups with the bow ties in WCW, so I can understand right. why. And obviously, you don't want to put them in like a WWF style referee shirt. But I right. don't know. I feel like they could have done something better than that. I think they're maybe teasing that he's going to be NWO or. I don't yeah, know. maybe. I, I'm not. I'm not really sure what they were trying to get away with here. And do they just WC? That's one of the biggest blunders in that company's history is the way they used Bret Hart. No, I mean no way around it. They just used him so poorly. One of the biggest just botches in how you use a talent 
period, which is overwhelming. Uh, but yeah, WCW just really dropped the ball with Brett here. Yeah. Uh, next match is Eric Bischoff versus Larry Zabisco. I'm going to go ahead and take the lead here, man. Do it. Uh, I know this one's going to suck, but honestly, Bischoff looked like he could go. Uh, and Zabisco looked worse, yet somehow he's more believable. I don't really know how that works, but it's, that's just how I felt. Um, and I got I to gotta, I gotta say that I appreciate the fact that it was mostly Gaga. Uh, I'm glad they didn't try to have a wrestling match. You know what I mean? Like, Still, though, it was forever too long. Uh, I mean, I think this match could have been three to four minutes. This match should have been like that Jim Cornette-Paul Heyman match that we covered from like the NWA, where it was like mm-hmm. two or three minutes, and it was all like Gaga, and then like a couple of like powder spots or like, you know, like comedy spots. And that was that, like, I think that would have probably been the best way to go here. Um, but yeah, Brett was kind of late on his referee spots too, which just made it worse. Um, I mean, I don't know. It was just really awful in hindsight. Uh, and man, when Brett decked Eric though, the crowd like lost their minds. That's what I will say was the saving grace when Brett finally like just, you know, put, put, put the, put the fist to Eric uh, the crowd just, I mean, they blew the roof off the joint for sure. Uh, he put Hall in a sharpshooter and it was awesome. I mean, the crowd was just losing it. The, the camera was shaking from how loud the crowd was popping at that point. So that was something, uh, I mean, as far as like an angle, I would give it, uh, you know, a B they, they did a good job with the angle, but the match itself was awful. Uh, I mean, especially with Zabisco getting the DQ win and that's that, like it just, I don't know. It, I feel like this whole thing was really just to prove, like, to get this like bickering, commentating like angle over, and then to have like Brett get his like turn over, like solidified, like he's actually a babyface now, you know. Uh, one and a half stars for me overall, though. So like a D plus to a C minus at best. Uh, what did you think about Sabisco and Eric Bischoff? Man, who oh, would you give it? Uh, like a D plus. Oh, okay. All right, man. So you, you, I w- I'll say this: Living Legend. I thought he looked good. Bischoff was actually 41, not bad either. Just like you said, but this was this was supposed to be WCW versus NWL. This was supposed to be like whoever wins here gets something, right? I mean, that's what they were saying. Yeah. Um, and. It didn't really – they weren't really selling it that much. It just felt fake. It felt like we knew what was going to happen, man. And then this is what Brett's doing after WWE, guest referee, and this yeah. BS, man. And then also, why would Eric wear gloves on his hands and his feet if he knew this was a wrestling match and Zabisco wasn't going to be wearing – like, the, the way he was – the way they were selling it was – that, yeah, it well, wasn't it's because a traditional it's because it, style match, and he's. But some, Eric Bischoff was an actual competitive kickboxer. I get that, I get that. But if you're gonna be, even if you're a competitive, if I'm a competitive kickboxer and I'm gonna step in the ring with somebody, and they're not gonna be wearing that, and you don't have to wear it, it makes no sense to wear padding on your feet and on your hands. It's just ridiculous and dumb. Um, and then the announcers again not selling the, the job. They're that that at one point they laugh and say, "Oh wait." If he wins, we're not going to have a job. And then they actually laugh and say, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Like, you could tell they were in the moment talking to each yeah. other. Like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be selling that. Our jobs are at stake. It yeah. felt really like 
lazy WCW that you hear about in that announcing. Very, 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 very lazy in the announcing. I can't say that enough. Took from the match. It felt like, oh, this is what everybody talks about who knows the backstage stuff. Like they were just they were just effing around. It was just yeah. Larry Zabisco and Bischoff. Bischoff showing off that he was in good shape and that he knows how to kickbox. And maybe this is his little jab to Vince that he knows. I don't know, but it just, it felt stupid, man. Funny stuff. Um, with Eric leaving the ring, going and asking advice to Scott Hall. I did like that. I thought that was funny and, and it popped me. He was, and, and Scott Hall even did like the crouching tiger thing and showing, and trying to give, yeah. Uh, Eric Bischoff moved. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Crowd was dead all the way up to um, Brett. The Brett. The, the Brett, Brett punch thing. though was yeah. it was massive. I mean the crowd that, popped huge. That got that turned things around quickly, but it was way too long, dude. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. And and Larry Sabisco, dude, he's a he's a former world champion. He should have just beat the crap out of Eric Bischoff. This is professional wrestling. I mean, the, the, they always want to call it a sport. You have Larry Zbysko, the living legend, in there with a non-wrestler. He should have beat the crap out of him. So the fact that he didn't just have his way with him probably has somebody like uh, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, he wasn't dead then, but I was going to say turning in his grave. Piper probably hates a match like this, knowing him and his thoughts about things like that. Um, and I'll have to agree. But yeah, Zbysko gets the win kind of but way too long, among other things. I actually gave it an F. Other than the Brett stuff, it, this was crap. Crap WCW, especially with the announcers, man. Just terrible. Yeah, I didn't Lazy. hate it just because Lazy. I felt like the angle got over really well, even though the match was bad. Uh, but yeah, man, here we are. We're at the time of the show where we get to pick one main event or the other. Yep. KG Cass, I'm going to let you have your pick of the litter here. Do you want to cover the Elimination Chamber match in 2005 first? Or do you want to tackle Hollywood Hogan versus Sting for the WCW World's Heavyweight Championship? Man, you know what? Those are two good main events to pick from. Let me just go ahead and say that. That's, yeah. This, is, almost, this has been a great show, guys. Like This has been a great comparison thus far. Man, I don't know. I almost want to say, hey, why don't you pick? Or I don't – because oh, I always you, oh, you want to give me first dibs? I'm – I have I'm good with either. Yeah, I'll give you first dibs on this okay. one. I'm good with right. either. You know I'm, I'm so it. good with either. I'll let you do it. I'll let you have. You first. know what? Since we're changing our what format soon. What do you want? Which, yeah, you know what? Since we're changing our format soon, I'm gonna take the lead on this one, okay? Right. And we're gonna go WCW 1997, Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus the man they call Sting Boom. for the WCW Worlds. Heavyweight Championship. Man, dude, they milked the intro in this match for a solid five minutes. I mean, obviously, the, and the crowd is just rumbling. I mean, they're legitimately rumbling the arena. Uh, and once it starts, like, Sting got his shine and Hogan begged off. Definitely had that, that you know, I mean, Hogan is the inventor of that WWF main event style match. That slower paced, play to the crowd get the crowd involved, less is more. That's what he's built his career on. And this is a, a, a almost a perfect example of him doing it in the late 90s yeah. in this Attitude Era. I mean, yeah. just doing a great job being an, a, t a great heel. I mean, dude, when you really think about it, we don't – wrestlers, wrestling, diehard wrestling fans, the people that nitpick, that talk about work rate, we never give Hogan enough credit. We just don't. But he was – 
the biggest iconic baby face in the 80s and the most hated heel outside of maybe Vince McMahon in the 90s, period. Like, how, dude, I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming how great the dude really was and how much he shaped the way we see wrestling today. Um, Hogan's trash talk just really added to the whole thing. The whole, I mean, just, it, it's hard to explain and it's hard to like properly cover this match too when like it was a year and a half of buildup. Like we normally just cover these shows and pay-per-views and we talk about the matches and you know, if we remember the angles, we'll discuss it. But like, dude, this whole angle the fruition of the the angle that lasted over a year is happening right now. You know what I mean? Like that's that's never going to happen again in this business, I don't think. I don't think that you're ever going to see a year and a half long build up again. Uh I just maybe AEW can pull it off. Maybe NWA can pull it off. Uh I hope so because I feel like it just makes things so much more emotional investment from the viewer and it's I don't know, man. I think I think Hogan versus Sting is a top ten feud of all time, and it might be number one or two in the '90s. It's probably number two behind McMahon and Austin in the '90s. I mean, that's that that's, I mean, and maybe Brett, Sean, three or four. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, maybe I, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll get into a list for a different episode. But man, this match was iconic. Um, it was great. I mean, the, the work rate wasn't. I mean, it wasn't the best, but I mean. Just, just you can't have a bad match at this point with Sting and Hogan and everything you have invested. It can't be bad. It was, it was a B plus to an A minus for me. Solid four stars, um, three and a half to four stars at least. What was your overall takeaway after finally getting your dose of WCW and seeing Hollywood Hogan versus Sting here? Yeah, man, um, I'm not that far off on this match. Uh, just such a cool evolution when you see Sting, man. He went from that surfer Sting to this new Sting and the painted face and how they got here in this long story. Just such a cool evolution, man. Uh, Sting really was one of the coolest stars ever. And, and you really see it here, man. Like I said earlier, man, everything about him, other than that weird penis pouch that he had on his tights, really, really weird little pouch there that yeah. he had for his penis. I don't agree with that move, but other than that, everything else cool. Um, and then, man, same notes as you, dude. Classic Hogan-style match, man. Slow start. I mean, this is that WWF Hogan match, and he yeah. did it with Sting, and they killed it, man. Yeah. A lot of that re- pro-wrestling gaga, that Hogan filler, that just that – Stuff that's slow and they're not having to do Frankensteiners and flips, but boy, is the crowd hot. And boy, are you at the edge of your seat and watching and probably enjoying it way more than seeing uh, Ricochet almost break his neck or something. And I'm much rather this high, uh, the electricity, you know, just everything about it is so good. And it's because of the story. And because of just the aura of these men, Hogan yeah, and Sting, it. and just, dude, Hogan kills it. He really is. Obviously, he's on everybody's Mount Rushmore. If Hogan's not on your Mount Rushmore, then don't talk to me about wrestling. Uh, I don't care what you say. He's Hulk Hogan, um, and everybody knows Hogan, and he proves it. You know, time and time again, he proved it in this match, man. Um, yeah. You know, like I'm saying, not a great match, not exciting, kind of along the same lines, but... 
just it was it was exciting. It wasn't, but it was. It was good. Yeah, um, Brett, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, you know exactly what I mean. Bret Hart comes out, um, and has to restart the match. And then you get the Stinger smash, Scorpion Deathlock, and he points at Brett when he does it because that, they both have that same finisher move. So yeah. cool moment there that you yeah. finally have Bret Hart in the ring with Sting to yeah. the Sharpshooter, yeah. which let's be honest, the name of the move is called the Sharpshooter, not Scorpion Deathlock. Um, Hogan ends up tapping, which I was shocked for. Yeah, they had to restart the match, so it's not necessarily a clean win but it is clean i mean he did tap so you have that yeah it had to be restarted but he tapped in the middle of the ring um with an official there even though the official was brett the hitman Hart. sting wins they lift him up i gave it a b a solid b um a good exciting wrestling match i i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it and i and i really actually enjoyed the wwe main event and that yeah I'm- man it's it's crazy because i feel like it's very rare on these shows where we both enjoyed the main events like mm-hmm. and dude like like let's just get right into it let's jump back over to 2005 uh i will say before the match though there's like the weird like pool chicken fight thing that happened and king is magically back on commentary for it <laughs> like i was like that's just perfect timing like very fitting for jerry the king especially oh, at this okay. time um and then we got a package for the chamber and the world title angle uh, and I was, I got hype, dude. I got hype. I was like, dang, I'm really, I'm so happy now. That this is a elimination chamber, especially when you look at the entrance and let's just run them down here, man. We got Batista yeah. versus Orton versus Jericho versus edge versus triple H versus Benoit. Like, dude, there's no way this match is going to be bad. Like the only, nah. the, like the only bad, or I wouldn't even say bad, but the only, maybe like questionable worker would be Batista in this or, match, right? Or, oh, but I mean, or, well, no, I mean like Orton's boring, <laughs> but he's always like, he can, he, we all, we know he can go. He's yeah, boring, yeah. but we know he's, he, he can work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, so Benoit and Jericho open and they start like the way you would expect, like quick and stiff, uh, great work in the open of the match for sure. By both these guys, uh, they stall after like, a super superplex and um and triple h is in like like he's the first real entrance from the pod which honestly made me feel like oh well i think this maybe this is the one where batista wins and he becomes a champ or whatever so i like i it just i really enjoyed this match because i've forgotten how this one turned out and i was so hyped right, by right. The, like by the people that were in it um but yeah man benoit takes a header into the chain wall and hit a gusher on his blade job i mean that's it was a solid amount of blood for sure. Uh, I mean, H- Edge hits the ring on fire. He was the next entrant there. Uh, and we have like four guys active in the match. Uh, Jericho gets some color of his own too. Uh, and then Hunter actually got like a, a, a cut on the bridge of his nose. Uh, and it was wild, man. It was, it was, this one was wild folks. This one, this one, like, it, I mean, the work rate was fantastic. Every, every, it never felt like someone was laying out too much. I felt like there were, there were, it never got too clunky to me. I I was really invested in this match. Uh, at one point, like Edge was the only one not bleeding in the match. Uh, I mean, they had a great spot with Edge hitting the spear on Sean too, and causing like Sean to hit the super kick. And then Jericho eliminates Edge. Uh, Batista finally gets in the match, 
uh, and and did a great job of like kind of teasing his entrance with Triple H in a double submission because you didn't know if he was going to get out of the cage in time uh, with Jericho and Benoit kind of having Triple H like ready to tap, tap out there. Uh, and I thought that, that that's what I'll say. This whole match, we talk a lot about how, like, especially in some of these uh, Divas matches from this time, how, like, maybe the agenting or, or, like, the production, like, how the coaches or agents or whatever, like, helped lay these matches out, maybe made them worse. And I feel like this match, the whoever was the agent for this match needs a, a raise and needs – I hope they're still working today because this was absolutely fantastic. The production, where, where, where every, the well, entries you know. were – it was really good. This was really, 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 really well done. Um, yeah, I mean, all the entry points were just so good. Uh, maybe one of the best chamber matches I've seen, honestly. I mean, it was really good. Benoit gets eliminated by uh, Batista after taking a huge spine buster and then having Jericho spine bustered on his chest. Um, and then shortly after, uh, Batista eliminates Jericho after a powerbomb. And it's Triple H and Batista team up against Orton, and they just pour on the heat. Uh, Orton kind of rallies and then hits the RKO on Batista and uh, Hunter doesn't make the save and the angle that they had of Hunter in the corner and you see him like get to his feet and then like drop back down. It's like to not make the save. That was perfect, mm -hmm. like perfect selling, great psychology. There wasn't a move that happened, but so much story got told and Hunter standing up and sitting okay. down. It was just, it was phenomenal. I mean, like, Great, dude, just great camera work. Hats off to production there for sure. Um, Hunter beats Randy and wins the world championship back, man. It was a phenomenal match. I loved it. I gave it four and a half stars. A plus from me. What did you think about this Elimination Chamber match? Man, so you did you 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 said Sean, but you really didn't allude to what he was doing there. He's not in the match. Sean is the special, special guest, guest referee. Referee yeah. and uh, it's ironic. That Brett is a special guest on one side. Didn't even and think then, of that. Like years and years later, yeah. Sean is the special guest on the other side. Wow, dude! And How Sean's crazy the this first show. ever Elimination Chamber winner. And he's a special guest here. And man, he's one of the best parts of the match. I loved how they included him in the match. He's not part of the match, but he had a great. He had a. A big part of it, man. You know, there's there's 20 minutes of entrances almost. It felt like. That's not real. I'm I'm exaggerating, but it, a lot of entrances, you know, everybody took their time. Um, and this is for the vacant title, man. Like you were saying, this is for the world title, but I didn't realize it was for the vacant title. So that made it even more something cool about that to me. I love yeah. when there's a vacant. Who doesn't love it, man? When there's a vacant title, because it feels like anything could happen. Who yeah. knows? You yeah. can't really call it. Anybody could have won this match. Jericho could have won. It's for the vacant. WWE World Heavyweight Title. I think that they should um, do that in WWE. I, how yeah. great would it be if they were just like all titles are vacated as of today, and WrestleMania is just like nothing but title matches. That'd be crazy. It's just exciting. tournaments from like yeah. Oh, it'd be insane. See, I don't. I wouldn't want every one of them, but I like just uh, you know, for whatever reason, you could even do it. You know, kayfabe. Somebody doesn't really have to be hurt, but usually in WWE even. It's somebody legitimately gets hurt or something and have to vacate the title. But hey, man, fake an injury. Say somebody has to vacate the world heavyweight title and and have a a, a crazy match for it. That'd be cool. But anyway, um, man, definitely definitely match of the night. Uh, starts with YTJ and Benoit. Sorry, I'm just going through my notes. I'm trying not to repeat the same stuff you said. All good, all good. Um, dude, Edge comes in, goes for the spear to Orton, but. Bam! 
bam, gets it on the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. He ends up helping Shawn back up, but it's too late. Bam. Shawn Michaels gets sweet the chin sweet music. chin music over the edge. Um, Y2J hits the lion's salt, and because of all that, Y2J gets the pin on edge, and edge is out. Man, anyway, it's just a great chamber match, dude. Uh, like I said, I love how they got Sean involved throughout the match. Um, ends with Orton and Triple H. Um, you know, Orton is kind of screwed because of the whole Batista thing. Love how they did it. Like you said, just amazing. It's almost like they don't do that anymore. It felt like it was like you don't see story being told yeah. in the ring. No, it's almost exactly like yeah. they 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 allude to the story to be only told on the outside yeah. with people talking on the mic instead of the story being told inside of the ring with something as easy as that, as, as Triple H falling back down. You know, you saw that a lot. Yeah, I hate to talk about Sean so much, but, you know, Sean would do that a lot in his matches. Just, uh, everybody used to do it. It was like the story was ultimately told inside the ring, and that's why the matches mattered. Nowadays, the matches only matter because of who's flipping and flying and doing all those yeah. shenanigans. Which is entertaining. And, I mean, we like matches like that, too. I'm not taking away from it, but it is overrun. It's, it's there's not run. enough of the, yeah I agree I agree to to give a pat on WCW's back yeah they had both they had both Do in it. this show they Start had both of that in this show with yeah. it, but the stuff that matters the meat and potatoes let's have some real action let's have some uh, big men it's heavyweights it's for the title yeah. there's um, guys like Cody Rhodes that are trying to bring that style back and and they're, exactly. they're kind of proving too that those matches are emotional I mean like the matches exactly. that that dude's been having are like AWA I mean, to me, to, to me always Cody Rhodes I mean. I'm not. I'm still not that big on the Bucks, but I think that Cody Rhodes is the main guy. He's my guy in AEW. Yeah. I will watch AEW just for Cody Rhodes. Like, period. Like, exactly. I mean, I like some other guys. I'm not saying I don't. It's just that, I mean, he's the main draw there for me because of this style. I agree. Right. Exactly what I was just saying about that and comparing it to Triple H and how you bring the story in the ring. Cody Rhodes and not AWA, like I always say, I mean AEW. Cody Rhodes in AEW, he is ex he's doing it perfectly. He is bringing the emotion back to the matches. I mean, he's he's literally crying, not like for real in these matches. He's you see the emotions in Cody Rhodes. He's killing it. Him yeah. and 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 Goldust and Goldie Hawn, they're both they're just killing it. And um, but agree. back to but back to this man. I gave this match an A to an a plus the psychology to everything the story they they laid it all in the ring there's blood there's just everything you could do man um i gave it an a overall i'll say now my thoughts on uh 2005 wwe pay-per-view the pay-per-view wasn't terrible but other than the main event it felt really mediocre if you know i don't think i gave uh, did I give anything an F? No, I, I I did. I gave the Muhammad Hassan thing an F. Everything else felt like C's. It just felt pretty mediocre. It just felt like something was missing for a pay-per-view. I agree. Um, I agree. It, it, you know, you have this great, great elimination chamber. It almost surprisingly felt short as a pay-per-view. Yeah. It just felt like there wasn't 
you were missing that ladder match, that intercontinental yeah. ladder match, or that intercontinental um, good match, or that cruiserweight match. Like we were just saying, like well, you do need, you know, yeah. the the yin and the yang. Yeah. You got to have both. Um, you had a little bit of the comedy, yeah, but but it, it did feel like it was missing something. That's my thoughts on the WWE. On the WCW side of things, man, you know, you started it off with with an A match, and then uh, again, it kind of went mediocre to bad with the Buff Bagwell, and then bad with the Eric Bischoff. So it just felt the WCW show felt longer, felt bigger in a way. Um, and then you have that ending with the the Hogan and the Sting, which felt monumental. Um, this one's hard. Uh, this one's hard to give for me. Ah, man, because I love this Elimination Chamber, but I love the Hogan and Sting, and I love the Dean Malenko. I don't know. This one's almost to a tie, but almost leaning to WCW. What do you think on this one? Yeah, I mean, I actually gave the edge to WCW on this one. I thought it was a pretty close show. I actually gave, like, I gave, I would say, like, uh, New Year's... New Year's Re- Revolution surprised me. I gave it like a C plus overall, uh, was as an average, and I gave like 97 like a B. So it was it was close. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think I think 97 Starcade is just I mean it was a B to a B plus show. I mean it was just it was a really good show for WCW. I mean they they, they hung their hat on that show for a long time too, uh, man. And I thought overall it's a pretty good kayfabe comparison. I'd say Starcade is is the winner here. Yeah. Uh, and you know what, dude? I'm you know I now I'm getting a little. It's a maybe we can play a little bittersweet symphony here. Uh, but I'm getting a little sure. bittersweet because we're coming to the end of this format. We've been doing it for almost a year. And who knows, man? Maybe, I, you know, I've got an idea to do something different this this upcoming year. And if that doesn't work out, maybe we'll change it for the year after. Maybe we just change our format every year. Uh, we'll definitely take, uh, you know, any opinions from our from our listeners. Be sure to hit us up on our socials at kfabe.com, Instagram and Twitter specifically at K-A-Y-F-A-B-E. Be sure to follow us there. Always be sure to, like, review us on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, You know, let us know what you think. Um, And you know what? Let's get into the rest of the schedule for the month. Speaking of the format change, we still got all the way up to our anniversary show for this upcoming Royal Rumble season. Speaking of Royal Rumble season, next week will be January the 16th, and we will be covering NXT's UK TakeOver 2. So we'll finally have a new show to do, especially from the UK brand. We haven't covered them in a while. Um, And they're going to be going up against uh, the birth of Cass's fandom in the 1995 WWF Royal Rumble. Man, Cass, how hype are you for that show? I'm so hype for Mantar, Jacob, and Eli Blue, and the Portuguese Man of War himself. Who did he become? Portuguese Man of War? Uh, uh, Man of War? Yeah. The, no, but who did he become? Uh, just Incredible. Just Incredible. Baby. Just Incredible. Sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm so excited. I've said it again. One foot, one foot. I'm so excited. What else we got? Yeah, man. On uh, January 23rd, we're just going to try to cram in as many of these nostalgia shows as we can because we are changing the format once again. I don't know if I've said it enough or if I've, if you guys have heard me the last time, but we are changing our format. Uh, but on the 23rd, it will be WWE's Royal Rumble from 2010, a solid 10-year comparison. I haven't covered anything from 2010 yet, versus WWF Royal Rumble 1990. We are entering a new decade yeah. there as well, uh, hey. kind of the Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior uh, era. Yeah. Hey, are we changing the format? 
I think we might be changing No, we're definitely changing the format. Uh, and that's going to bring me to the following week. It's going to be our one-year anniversary show. Can you believe we've been doing this for a year, dude? It's insane. It's wild. So, so on the 30th, you guys will get our anniversary show. It's going to be a bash. We may or may not have guests. I haven't decided. I almost want to keep the anniversary show sacred. But you know what? Maybe we might have some special guests. Who knows? Who knows? I'll let you guys know. That one's going to be WWF Royal Rumble 2000, one of my favorite ever Royal Rumbles, versus the current Royal Rumble, which will be Royal Rumble 2020. And then with the big format change, you guys ready? With the big format change, the first format change show, it's going to be February 6th. And me and Cass are going to duke it out because this show's name will stay true. It will be a kayfabe comparison. We are each going to deliver you our top 10 wrestlers of the decade. So from 2010 until now, who were our top 10 wrestlers? We're going to go back and forth and hammer it out from 10 to it's 1. And yeah, yeah. So, you know, we got a long time. That's why I wanted to give him one. I'm just dropping this on Cass right now, by the way. That's tough. The first time he's heard it. I haven't given this information. So I'm trying to give him a month in advance. I'm going to have to put, ten, you know, dude, from 2010. I would even say from 2009 to, let's say 2009 to 2019. Well, because, I mean, 2010 to 20. Okay, we'll do 10 to 20. Okay, 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 okay. 10 to 20, that's fair. 10 to 20. So 10 to 20. Top 10 wrestlers. And I swear to God, if you put HBK up there because he's like retired in 2000. And, wait, it was like 2008 when he retired, though, wasn't it? Yeah, was it I, don't think he, I, don't, I don't think he was in 10. We should know that. We should know that. But. Yeah, it was. It was like 2011 when he retired. Well, uh, HBK probably going to be up there if, he, if he's in <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, but if he's I number one, I swear to God, I will, it, it can't be. This isn't older wrestlers. This is not top 10 I, all it time. It could be whoever I want to. This is just top 10 of the decade, though. Of the just decade? that decade. Just right. from 2010 till now. Even if Sean didn't wrestle in the decade, he's probably still the best of the decade. I, I, have, a, I have a terrible feeling that's going to be like a four and a half hour long show. Okay. <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for us this week, though, guys. Thank you guys for subscribing to Kayfabe Comparisons. Be sure to tell your friends. And guess what? Hey, there's a format change coming. We're going to change our format. We're changing Are our we format. Are we changing the format? There's going to be a format change. I've never heard of that. I didn't know we were doing that. Tune in next week. We'll see you. We're out. Peace. Peace.